think it's a lot of political correctness. The decorations are out. Halloween two weeks away, but there's controversy at Boyden Elementary School in Walpole. The school will not be having its annual Halloween costume parade this year. I think it's a shame because, uh, you know, Halloween is the funnest day of the year next to Christmas for uh, children. In a message to parents, the school principal says the costume parade is out of our ordinary routine and can be difficult for many students. Also, the parade is not inclusive <sighs> of all the students, and it is our goal each and every day to ensure all students' individual differences are respected. We have grandkids going to Boyden School. Wonderful school. Halloween party should happen on Friday because all the kids are excited. Put a costume on, parade down the street, let them have their little time. You know, why, does, why do you have to turn it into something political? Last month, a school in Needham canceled Halloween events. Now it's happening in Walpole. People are too concerned with political and over-political means today. I think they should go ahead and do it. I don't understand what the reasoning is behind it or whatever, but... It should, it should be done. It's just a, a Halloween thing. That's it. This coming Friday, the school will have a Halloween party for students after school hours. But as far as Halloween itself goes, the school says that day will be called Black and Orange Spirit Day. In Walpole, Jim Smith, WBZ News. Oh, God. Listening to that school bureaucrat talk, why do they all sound like that? What? Where, where do those people come from, or what happens to their brains once they get those jobs? What makes you say something like that? It interferes with the teaching of the... Because we're all illiterates that can't add two and two, because we all grew up in an era where we got to wear a Halloween costume to school. Oh, and I'm still <laughs> scarred by it. Uh, so, yeah, is it the chicken or the egg? I mean, the, the, the droning, imaginationless morons get into that field? I or is it so. like a pod people thing? You get into it and <laughs> and you fall asleep in your living room. I don't before know. you know it, you have no personality. I don't know. It's hard to imagine how it would ever even occur to you, actually, let alone follow through on the, we can't have Halloween here because of some dumb reason. America is a domesticated bear, Jack. We are losing our survival instincts. It, it became clear to me during that uh, little feature at... That, you know, as a society gets more and more comfortable, you lose the ability to hunt your own food. You lose your, your claws fall off. You, you're depawed. You're declawed. You, your teeth are taken out. Um, and we're becoming that as a people. I mean, it's the everybody gets a trophy thing. Well, there, there can't be winners and losers because then the losers will feel bad. And that means we have no winners. We have no people who, who, who pursue excellence. We, we lose what we need to survive. We are a kept beast. And Halloween is not even one of those uh, where the, they canceled the Easter parade because, you know, a Muslim family could complain. Usually oh, they don't, please. but the concern is someone could. What is it with Halloween? Who's getting the butt hurt over Halloween? Nobody. Nobody. Well, not all students. It's not inclusive of all students, and some students feel bad that they're left out. Do they? Yeah, they'll get over it. They'll freaking well get over it. How soft? Black and orange spirit day. How soft <laughs> do we have to become for you utopians before you're happy? Nobody ever has their feelings hurt over anything, anytime. And then we'll have our perfect utopia. Oh, my God, you people just understand nothing. Yes, Sean. You have knowledge, yet no wisdom. Sean? Yeah, it's... Briefly. <laughs> okay, that's harder. If there is a family whose current budget doesn't allow for, for buying a costume for oh, their kid... Oh, is that kid, the theory? That's, what, that's, my, that's me uh, imposing just, that. But then, but then 
do an arts and crafts thing where you make costumes. Well, like yeah, there's those be, are the, be creative, be those clever. Are the best ones anyway. I, I don't buy that one no. for crying out loud. Put on. A, but when they say it's not inclusive, that's what I think. I think they some I, nah, I right. Paint their kid, paint your kids face yeah. orange, tease up their hair, and claim he's Trump. <laughs> well, whatever, <laughs> whatever. God, and I've got two kids that are still in the age group of Halloween and that loving it. And God, the wearing your costume to school is one of the highlights of your life. You and all your friends wearing your costumes. They're going to do it here next uh, next Friday. I'm telling you, you build a society with no losers, there are no winners. And I've been a loser and a winner. And when you lose, it makes you want to win. And that's what life is all about. You take that away from a kid, you're, 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 doing, you're abusing a child to not let them fail. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Not let them discover what they're not great at. Let them discover, you know, that... Maybe I'm not the best at this. I ought to pursue that. That is abuse to remove that from a kid's life. Now, do I want him kicked and humiliated? And in the, in the no, of course not. But losing's part of winning. God dang it, we're a misguided people. Misguided. We have to check in real quickly with Joe Buck. What's up coming on Fox this season? Gentlemen, start your engines. Taking out the trash just got dirtier. Catch the most politically incorrect comedy of the season on an all-new Living in Captivity. Followed by all new episodes of Getting Personal and Millennium tomorrow, starting at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. That's part of seven minutes. Seven minutes of Joe Buck promoting shows on baseball playoff games that no longer exist. (laughs) (laughs) Followed by Millennium. What? (laughs) Stay tuned for Gambit. I will... I will let you know when I'm no longer amused by that. It will be mid next week. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That is fantastic. <laughs> so uh, we could get into the thing. I don't know if I'm into that thing. I'd rather okay. do other things. I just yeah. Uh... Do we have any of the? No, all we have is the stupid lame joke of the Ted Cruz Bernie uh, oh, no. debate. <laughs> no, there's the. Uh... I want to hear. I want to hear the debate about taxes. About the small government and big government, I think that America needs to hear that debate. Here's a uh, here's a good clip where Bernie they reached the point where they were taking questions from the audience, Excellent. and uh, there was a pretty simple question thrown at Bernie's way, and he seemed to be thrown off by it a little bit. Senator Sanders, over my lifetime, all we've seen is more government and more expenses, cutting taxes from top to bottom or bottom to top, however you view it. Then we'll give some relief to the burdensome expenses all Americans face. Why would you not want a tax cut across the board for all Americans? Well, I do want a tax cut for the middle class and working families. But when the top one-tenth of one percent now owns as much wealth as the bottom 90 percent, when you have a handful of people with incredible wealth and power, no, I'm afraid that I will not support tax breaks for billionaires. Now, I don't know if you were there when President Trump, were you there when President Trump came to Pennsylvania? I was. Yeah. And President Trump was touting as I understand it, the repeal of the estate tax, something that Senator Cruz supports. That's why he was there, correct? Let's talk about the repeal of the estate tax. The only people who benefit from that are the top two-tenths of 1%. 99.8% of the people do not pay a nickel in estate taxes. Senator Cruz will tell you about all the farmers and the ranchers. Well, Ted... There are 80 of them in the United States. The overwhelming majority of beneficiaries of this estate tax that Trump was supporting are people like the Walton family. Do you really believe uh, what is, that the wealthiest what is family in America should get a tax break of up 
to $50 billion, that the Koch brothers should get a tax break of up to $30 billion. Do you think that makes sense? I did say all Americans. <laughs> well, do you think that the wealthy should not get tax breaks? I did say all Americans. Okay, well, I happen not to believe that the Koch brothers need a tax break. Uh, you know, you that's, start? A, that's actually an interesting topic, though. What show is that? That was on CNN. And they do this regularly, right? Uh, yeah, Town Hall. They've been doing it more lately where they kind of grab, it seems, two people who didn't become president and have them talk about issues. Yeah, it's disappointing that that doesn't get more attention. I'd love to. I want to hear that whole thing. People don't. There, there's not enough of an appetite for people actually discussing that stuff and listening to it. Unless, you know, it gets personal or a fight breaks out or something, it doesn't right. get much attention. Well, the ideas get nowhere, none whatsoever. All that income's already been taxed. If you want to change the way you tax the money changers of Wall Street who make their hundreds of zillions of dollars, go ahead and do that. Retaxing money again after the tax has been paid is silly. Secondly, Bernie, whenever you talk about millionaires and billionaires, you end up taxing middle-class families and admittedly upper-middle-class families who live in the expensive parts of the country. Your San Francisco's and Seattle's and then Portland's and the rest of it. People who finally freaking make it, all of a sudden their government announces, we get half your money. It's wrong. Um, and those are not the hundred millionaires of Wall Street. I didn't come up with the term Trump's Benghazi. I don't know who did, but uh, we've got more info on that. People are trying to dig into exactly what happened there. Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Be thankful you live in the United States of America. I'll hit you with that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, just di- they don't go to school in Pakistan because they're afraid of the Halloween celebration. Different cultures. But first, our schools. And uh, we played the little thing about some school somewhere that's not having Halloween for some reason. They're going to have a black and orange spirit day. I'm guessing it's one of many. You know, These things are rarely isolated. Well, it seems to vary from school to school based on the text that we got. Mm-hmm. By the way, we got this text. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC? Hmm. Yes, 60 Minutes correspondent. <laughs> that is what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, the decline of our republic began when the school cafeteria stopped making cherry pies with little pastry hatchets to celebrate Washington's birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when the decline started. I never got one of those. <laughs> Um, they are referring in my school to children who have autism or other developmental challenges who find it extremely difficult to be overloaded with sensory stimuli with the costumes. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. That sucks for those kids. I, 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 I just, you know, I've got a kid similar to that. I just, I just don't think you can change something that everybody loves to, t- again, trying to create utopia. Right. Find a way to deal with that that doesn't cancel the fun for all the other kids. Duh! At my kids' elementary school, all the costumes had to be related to a job you might want to have in the future. Nurse, football player, firefighter, etc. That's interesting. 
That's you, kind of a semi-utopianism. You can dress up, but only as something you might want to do for a living someday. All right, Look, I, I want to be a dead guy who comes back and terrifies people. I want to be a ghost. Yeah. Somebody tries to tell me a Ninja Turtle is not a real job when I'm in the fourth grade. We're going to fight. Yeah, right. both my kids are Ninjaga warriors this year. That's a perfectly good job. That's a job. I, uh, I lurk in the darkness, then leap out and uh, chop people in the neck. At my school, the Eastern European families were opposed to it because they find it evil. That's why they canceled it at our school. Uh, right. Go back to Eastern Europe. The different one, our school. The Muslims <laughs> didn't think it should be celebrated, so we uh, we ended it. Oh, boy. They don't have to celebrate it. Here's from a teacher. Yeah, hey, I tell you what. Go to Saudi Arabia and insist on canceling Ramadan. All right? God dang it. Settle in. Enjoy the local customs. Think, think wow, that's quaint. Or just angrily insist that everybody come around to your way of thinking and your religion. Well, okay. Can you imagine moving to another country and saying, whoa, whoa, this whole Oktoberfest thing. (laughs) Number one, I think it glorifies beer drinking and the lederhosen. Why are you wearing lederhosen? I don't like, I fight, I feel threatened and triggered by your lederhosen. Anybody who did that would be an a-hole. And anybody who does it here is an a-hole as far as I'm concerned. I'm tired of it. Yeah, again, it's not Easter we're talking about or Christmas where at least you've got an argument you're making. It's, uh, it's, it's freaking Halloween. You dress up in costumes and get candy. And if you're over the age of whatever, it's all about be a, a chance to dress like a slut. I know I will. Um. I'm an elementary school teacher, and we have a Halloween parade every year. The only kids who don't participate are Jehovah Witnesses. The parents usually pull their kids out of school for that day. Uh, and then this one from a teacher. Oh, we have a large population of Russian Orthodox that believe it's a pagan holiday, so it causes problems in our school. But here's one. I'm a kindergarten teacher at a high-poverty school. Halloween was a nightmare. Kids could not handle being in costume. They would fight and wrestle all day. They wore cheap costumes that would get torn on the playground and then dissolve in tears, and parents would be angry with me that their costumes were ruined for that night. You need to save Halloween for your family time. Why were they fighting? Just because they fight all the time? Or the costumes costumes were triggering fights? And because they were poor, the costumes were flimsily made. All Halloween costumes are flimsily made. That's just that's kind of the nature of Halloween costumes. I think maybe you need to cancel math class and and, and schedule coping classes and... uh... Human relations classes. That teacher says, keep Halloween at home. God, kids freaking love it. They love it. It's fun. It's really, really fun. Who cares? It's a day. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I haven't fully formed these thoughts, so this will surely get us fired. But um, I heard a report. I think it was on National Progressive Radio, which inexplicably gets my tax money. Um, they, were, they were talking about uh, kids staring at smartphones all the time. And parents ignoring their kids while they stare at smartphones and the developmental problems and some of the stuff we were talking about the other day. But this uh, one lady who was on there was talking about the fact that, and our studies say lower income families have a much higher incidence of uh, the uh, the kids uh, being left with the smartphone and getting no parental attention and blah, blah, blah. And then the host said, well, why do you think that is? And she, oh, my God, the the, the gymnastics every four years at the Olympics uh, can't compete with the gymnastics of this woman saying, well, we think perhaps the lower income people don't have access to toys um, and other distractions for kids. You go to any thrift shop in America, you can buy 150 toys for a total of $3. I mean, they're everywhere, everywhere. Jack has done that, depriving poor people of their supply of toys. 
controversial a number of years ago. That's right. And then we got a lot of our toys at the uh, thrift shop, and I was uh, accused of cultural appropriation or something. Right. And then and what was the other excuse? It was some bizarre excuse about we think maybe they don't have access to something or other. Then she said, and 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 well, maybe lower levels of education. They're not quite sure how to you know raise their kids. And I was thinking, who does it serve? This is exactly uh, on the theme of. If there are no winners, there are no losers, or no losers, there are no winners, and people finding out what they're good at. If you can't honestly say out loud certain parts of America, certain neighborhoods, income levels, education levels, whatever, these people don't know, they don't have access to, they haven't been exposed to a lot of what's known about raising children, what's good for children, stimulating your children, helping their neurons develop, helping them get an interest in reading, blah, 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 blah. If you're making bizarro excuses that they don't have access to toys, and so they have their kid look at a smartphone all day, have you have you priced smartphones compared to like a ball? <laughs> have you ever had a child give them a stick in a cardboard box? They'll be busy all day. Wh- who does that serve making those bizarre, politically correct, fake arguments as opposed to saying, here's the challenge we're dealing with? Who is that for? Is that to make you feel better? I don't get it. I so- don't get it. You, you go to a guitar lesson. And, and or, or anything you go to any sort of instruction on earth and in math class, you can't do multiplication. You have no clue how multiplication works. And the teachers, well, uh, Joe uh, did poor on his test because, uh, uh, well, uh, he, uh, he has a uh, distractibility issues and he uh, 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 maybe he likes sleep or something. Say he has to learn b- better multiplication. That helps me. That doesn't hurt me. Don't blame the victim. God, is that an insidious notion? So we're wanting kids to get educated all around the world. That's good for the good for the planet. And they're trying to figure out why kids aren't going to school in Pakistan. They have among the lowest school participate participation rates on Earth. But that's all the, an industrialized country, sort of. Right, but all the other countries, I was going to say, at the bottom of the list, they barely have schools. They barely have a functioning culture at all. Right. Pakistan spends as much money on education as they do on their military. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. Wow. Yet none of the kids go to school. Hardly anybody sends their kids to school. Why? And this was in the New York Times last night. I thought it was interesting. And these are government schools, like our public schools. Children in government schools report that teachers have them clean, cook, massage their feet, and buy them desserts. Children are categorized as smart as stupid as soon as they start school. Corporal corporal punishment is severe. Uh, Parents with any money send their kids to private school, and if you can't afford to do that, you don't send your kid to school because it's awful. They're not learning anything, and they're beaten. Wow. They clean, cook, and massage the feet of their teachers. The teachers or they make, take a beating for it. Or they take a beating. And the teachers are making lots of money. That's where the billions and billions of dollars are going. We need better funding. So they came up with this government buildings they call schools, where people called teachers get great salaries, and then just, but there's like zero education going on. Wow, corruption. And so people finally caught on, and they just don't send their kids to the school. And that's why they have the lowest participation rate of any country with actual school system in the world. That's what you can have if, if society decays. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Having little children massage your feet. Well, it, and obviously somebody is getting paid, and it's not just the teachers. Otherwise, yeah. reformers would, 
I mean, there's an obvious crying need for reform there. You'd think that would get plenty of momentum. Look at uh, the number of parents who would be interested in serious reform efforts. But concentrated gain trumps diverse need all the time. That's why, you know, a union can get enormous uh, pensions, for instance, and the taxpayers, each of whom pays a tiny portion of it, just don't get stirred up enough to do anything about it. Joe Buck, what do we have coming up on Fox? Friday, catch the most original police drama in years on a series premiere of Ryan Caulfield, Year One. And the creator of the X-Files brings you the ultimate mind game, Harsh Realm. It all starts Friday at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, here on Fox. Friday night. Wow, <laughs> come is it. Joe Buck! Promoting shows that are no longer on Fox during baseball games through the years. I love the internet. What is it, 21 years of those? <laughs> yeah, over 21 years. <laughs> I don't even recall the names of those shows. Harsh Realm! <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the widow and the phone call story not going away. You got the tech lobby mobilizing because senators are demanding online ad disclosures to counter Russian election meddling. And science says... There may be some life after death after all. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Guinea. You see the science chick- as if there's one science. <laughs> Do you see the chick that's challenging Vladimir Putin in the upcoming presidential yes. election? They call her the Russian Paris Hilton. Yes. And soon to be the late Russian Paris Hilton. Yes, she's a news anchor hottie who poses in lingerie regularly. Oh, yeah. Uh, stay tuned. All the news coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Better not let him in Little old lady got mutilated late last night <laughs> Trying to keep up on all the um, ongoing stories did Trump actually refer to the fires? Apparently got lost in the mix somewhere. People have been complaining about that. Did he call all the Gold Star families like he claimed he did and other presidents don't? Appears he was wrong on that one. We got updates on a number of those stories. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, along those same lines, the White House expected to be pressed again today about President Trump's communications with the families of fallen troops. God, this is such a tawdry story. It yeah. is. It's sickening. Nobody wins. Nobody. No. This serves no one except you know if you're if you hate Trump or or whatever, it's calling him on his bull ass. If you think that's important, okay, you, that's fine. You get to have your opinion. I think the whole thing does nothing but damage. It's just sickening. The president rejecting allegations he'd been disrespectful to the grieving widow of a slain Army sergeant this week. And in a briefing uh, yesterday, the White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders, went after the congresswoman who was riding in the car with the soldier's widow and claimed the president had said the soldier, quote, knew what he signed up for. Here's what Sanders said. I think it is appalling uh, what the congresswoman has done and the way that she's politicized this issue. Meantime, the White House is saying a $25,000 check has indeed been sent to the father of a fallen soldier. Chris Baldrich telling the Washington Post Trump had vowed to send him a $25,000 check, but he never got it. Press Secretary Sanders saying yesterday the check has been sent out and accused the news media of using a generous and sincere gesture to advance a biased agenda. Yeah, 
Well, it was a generous and sincere promise that appeared to be unfulfilled. Yeah, quite a while ago. It's kind of an odd thing to do. I mean, I don't know what the conversation was like. Was it was it a rich guy feeling like everything is fixed with cash? Was it that? I, I, I don't or, know. Or, or did I don't need some to go particular there, financial need come up? Whatever it was, yeah. he said, I'll, I'll send you a check out of my own personal account and then never sent it until well, it got called on it yesterday. And, you know, you let it fall through the cracks. I do that all the time, yeah. but not on something this big. For the 412th time, and I think when I hit 500, I get a free case of Coke or something like that. But for the 412th time, listen, I agree with Trump policy-wise a lot. A lot. I'm glad he's president, more or less. But he, over and over again, has wildly exaggerated his charitable contributions. There's a, there's a history of that, a drumbeat of that. His properties do the same thing. He's made all sorts of wild claims that he got called on, then said, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot, and then wrote the check then. It happens over and over again. He shows it's up. It's part of his constant self-promotion. Yeah. He walks on stage at charity events that he had nothing to do with, <laughs> as if he was a main participant. We've got a couple examples of that. Well, and remember when he didn't do the Fox debate, he said, we're going to hold another event, we're going to donate X amount to charities. And then months later, the Washington Post said, did you donate anything? And, he, and they wrote a check that day. It's just, just, just stop it. Just stop it. Stop saying crap. Just run the executive branch, huh? Expanding the battle against Russian meddling in U.S. elections, the New York Times reporting Senator John McCain and two Democratic senators are going to move today to force Facebook, Google, and other Internet companies to disclose who is buying online political advertising after revelations that Russian-linked operatives bought deceptive ads in the run-up to the 2016 election with no disclosure required. The bill would require the Internet companies to provide the information to the Election Commission about who's paying for the online ads. The tech industry mobilizing an army of lobbyists and lawyers to help shape any and all proposed regulations. I think the more you look at virtually any laws and regulations about political speech, which buying ads is, that is speech. The more you look at it, the less you can regulate it. I don't think this is going to go anywhere, and if it does, it'll get overturned by the courts. So, oh, hey, I got a good tease for you. Speaking of that, All right. what do Nicki Minaj and James Woods have in common? We'll tell you coming up. Scientists, Is say- that good enough? Is that contrasty enough, Nicki Minaj and James Woods? Are you intrigued? You don't look intrigued. I was going to say they're both really well endowed. Isn't that what James Woods is uh, famous for? <laughs> oh, That's some good analysis. Yeah, that is. Here I am trying to talk about oh. the First Amendment, and you're on, on penises and prestices. Scientists say there might be some life after death. New study from the NYU School of Medicine suggests that consciousness may linger for a time after a body is declared physically dead. The study looked at people... Well, anybody who's seen a guillotine, a guillotine knows that, right? The head falls out into the basket and smiling or smirking or whatever. Sometimes gives a speech. I tell you what, I still <laughs> say I was innocent. It's too late now, but... Mm. The study looked at people who were declared dead and brought back. Now, about 40% said they remained somewhat aware, and a small percentage said they heard full conversations. And another study found limited brain activity in mice after they were declared dead as well. What am I supposed to do with this information? Start a religion or be nicer to mice or what is your point? <laughs> Con- 
contemplate uh, these realities. Right. Okay. Yeah, ponder. Oh, I ponder. Believe, I, I, Are you yes. pondering? I believe there's more out there, so yeah. I don't need this. Maybe, right. maybe, I, maybe it's lost on me, because I already believe there's more to, more to come. Having ponderous. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I've been teasing my whole life on my deathbed. I'll say, more to come. <laughs> Just wait for that afterlife. Coming up next, the afterlife. Coming up right after my passing. We'll have some good stuff for you. Not exactly clear what. <laughs> Think I'm going to be rewarded for a life well lived? Maybe not. We'll see in about three minutes. Right. Which way am I going to go? We'll know right after the news. <laughs> So Nicki Minaj and James Woods. What do they have in common? Okay. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We have a great opportunity here with our players to really work together and to try to help and make differences in our community. Uh, things that we all believe are necessary to do. What? Well, I'm, I'm in favor what, of that. What was that? That was Roger Goodell. Well, that was nothing. The didn't commissioner say of the NFL. That's what he, was, he usually says. I nothing. Thought, I thought he was going to say the players got to sit or stand or nothing or something. He's a numbskull. Well, they're only halfway through their meetings, Jack. Hmm. A couple of days worth of uh, get-together, as we understand it. Aaron Katursky of ABC News joins us to talk about the meetings going on between the commissioner and the players' representatives, I guess. Hello, Aaron. Uh, good morning. And those meetings wrapped up yesterday with okay. no new rules or announcements from the NFL regarding discipline of players who do not stand for the national anthem. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, in fact, said it never really came up. Uh, and the what? preference has been... It never to- came up! Well, he said they discussed uh, social issues with the players, uh, but did not discuss any formal discipline, uh, and that the owners actually did not um, really consider disciplining players who who do not stand. The commissioner said at this point it's probably not necessary because there are only six or seven players that Mm. are still kneeling. He also said he he wants to, to, to move this out of politics and try and amplify the voices of players uh, to express their social justice concerns so that they don't need to make a spectacle of the national anthem. Right. Uh, And to that end, I understand they've at least floated a couple of ideas for for programs in the future. Can you talk about any of that? That may come in the form of of a public service announcement type campaign or other marketing initiative, kind of like what the NFL does with ever since Ray Rice domestic violence or or before that um, breast cancer awareness. And so it may take that kind of form. And in fact, the NFL says it was working on that uh, even over the summer before the president tweeted about the the NFL and called Colin Kaepernick and other players who do not stand SOBs who should be fired. Oh, that's right. Sons of bitches. I'd forgotten that whole thing. So are the players just kind of hoping since it's dwindled down to a few players, they're just kind of hoping it'll go away? I think so. I think that's the hope. Um, but the the players were encouraged, they said, that the owners were, were willing to at least meet with them and listen to what's on their mind. Uh, because uh, the the issue of, you know, um, the police treatment of black men has uh, 
sometimes felt lost in the debate over a flag and the anthem. And Roger Goodell was fairly firm in saying he thinks everybody should stand for the national anthem. Uh, but they, they were not going to take the step the president wanted to require it. Well, and my understanding is that uh, that everybody agreed that, look, if we want to talk about these issues, and some of these issues are pretty important, you know, kneeling for the national anthem, if it ever was a good way to bring attention to them, isn't anymore. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the NFL but, does going forward. But it's not unprecedented, right? Is, am I correct that the NBA, they have a rule you have to stand? They do, um, and it, it's sort of in their, their policy, and, and it's just been sort of that way. Look, NFL players weren't even on the field for the National Anthem until 2009. Huh. Before that, they were in the locker room, and nobody seemed to have a problem with it. I it was did not know that. After, yeah, in 2009, um, I don't know if you remember, but the, that's when the Defense Department started advertising with the NFL uh. and, and you know spending all this money to have military men with the flag on the field and the flyovers and, and, and as a way to encourage military recruiting. And so that's when the players were um, told they must be on the field. And the language that the, 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 the rule book uses is you must be on the field and you should stand. And it outlines how you should stand, you know, with your helmet and whatever hand and the whole thing. And, and, and the NFL took the language from the House of Representatives, which also says that when the anthem is played on the floor of the House, you should stand. Interesting. Aaron Katursky, ABC News correspondent with some uh, some really good perspective there. Aaron, great to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, yeah. I'm guessing uh, whoever wrote that originally should stand was uh, acknowledging that you can't make somebody stand for something because it's a political speech thing. Right, yeah, yeah. And a gesture of respect made mandatory becomes a uh, act of submission, as the philosophers have told us. Uh, how about that? That's some good uh, perspective. Hasn't been, yeah. it's only been since 2009. It coincided with the expenditures for military recruiting, et cetera, which is, et cetera. Which is an interesting thing, yeah, because we taxpayers are spending money to advertise to get more people to sign up for the military, mm-hmm. which might be a good idea. But it is our money, and it is a, it is a, it is a, it's an advertising campaign, right? It's dressed up only as patriotism, but it's an advertising game. True, true. Meanwhile, uh, the roars of the crowd, the applause, the enjoyment of the flyovers, the respect for the the military vets who come onto the field is absolutely sincere. Nobody's questioning that among the the people, the fans. Um, But it's, you know, it's worth pointing out. So what I understand they're going to do going forward, and I have no idea what shape this is going to take, is... They're going to try to draw attention to these various issues in a way similar to the breast cancer awareness stuff. Um, and, and well, the breast cancer awareness stuff is the most obvious with the pink cleats and towels and whatever else, uh, which was partly just to try to get more women to watch the NFL to grow the brand. Um, partly, certainly, nobody is in favor of breast cancer. I'm not, I'm not saying they're entirely insincere, but it was partly also because the league had a growing reputation as the employer and glorifier of women of men rather who committed acts of violence against women and so they were desperate to try to find something woman friendly to help balance out their image but how you execute a you shouldn't shoot, shoot down black people unless they have it coming campaign is uh, remains to be seen how are you going to do that you're not going to do that with pink towels This is not for the kids. Turn off the radio if the kids are listening. But Joe brought up James Woods. I mentioned the rumor that exists that James Wood is a well-endowed gentleman.
That's a Hollywood legend, right? What do you mean he has a large trust fund? Sean came up with nine famous people you didn't know had very large units. I'm not listening to this. You I don't want to know? I will not be a party to this more than, say, four or five of them. Number three will shock you. <laughs> I'll bet it will. Huey Lewis is hip to be grande, apparently. <laughs> oh, my. Frank Sinatra was ashamed his was so large. Wow. Rasputin, if you want to go way back historical figure. And I do. You got that. Michael, stop it. Jay-Z's cannot be contained by Beyonce, apparently. Oh, boy. LBJ, the first presidential wang to make the list, mm. uh, and only. He had to have the special pants made. That's he, right. Uh, he gave his a nickname. Uh, do we get to hear it? Well, I suppose I'd have to read the article. Oh. You want me to do well, that? No, I really don't. <laughs> no. He called it Jim. Let's move on. He once said to someone, have you ever seen anything as big as this? Right. Let's see if you can't leave me about That's it. That's nice. An age from the, where the zipper ends uh, <laughs> round uh, under my back to my bunghole. Oh, he referred to it as Jumbo. That's the president of the United States. That's from the historical record, those of you who think we're just being coarse. You don't like history? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he referred Read to it a as, book! He, LBJ referred to it as Jumbo. Oh, boy. That's and was, subtle. And was infamous for waving it around in public and hooting things like, have you ever seen anything like this? <laughs> That's not dignified. Oh it's it's amazing that he and the Kennedys didn't get along. Uh, William Defoe's is confusingly large. Confusingly. John Hamm is uh, something at the top of the list. Liam Neeson. Wow. Looks like a water bottle, somebody said. So there you go. Yeah. I'm this not, is the worst thing you've ever done. It is. I'm not happy to be associated with that. And I did it. Speaking of James Woods, what does he have in common with Nicki Minaj? It's actually kind of uh, interesting slash amusing. And the Trump's Benghazi thing, we ought to hit on that. At Stop least. calling it that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.